Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a podcast discussing all things Greenock Morton. My name is Dean McKinnon and I am your host. Just One Cornetto is brought to you by themortonforum.com. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All our panellists appear in an entirely personal capacity and as such their views are personal to them. This podcast may contain a bit of adult language. Thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Just One Cornetto Hello and welcome to the Just One Cornetto podcast. I am your host, Craig Durring. Joining me, we have making a long awaited return, it's Ewan Boyle. Ewan, how are you? Oh, what a time to be alive. You, you'll need to, <laughs> as I said, Craig, you'll need to excuse my, my throat. I was at the DMAs, or, or three quarters of the DMAs last night um, at the Town Hall, and my throat was already bad since the Scotland game, but it's now got even worse because I was shouting balling at the shambles of the Town Hall, but that is another day. So your throat's bad because you were smoking and you set the fire alarm off? Yes, I am to blame. That is exactly that. <laughs> yes, that is exactly that. So uh, before we get on to Saturday's game, just want to make a brief apology for not putting a podcast out last week after the Montrose game. Uh, we were planning to do one. I had been at the game, but uh, we were derailed by some technical problems. But yeah, it wasn't really a game that gave us all that much to talk about with a nil-nil where we were, to be honest, lucky to get as far as a penalty shootout. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we got through to the next round of the Cup So less said about that the better really So uh, moving on to this Saturday We travelled to Inverness to face the league leaders Who are hoping to bounce back themselves From a surprising defeat to Hamilton a couple of weeks ago Morton lined up in a 3-4-1-2 formation Tom Allen and Cameron Bullies out wide Jimmy Knowles making his first league start uh, Ewan, what did you make of the start in 11? Um, ach, it's it has been strange over the last couple of weeks um, with the start of eleven, and I think strange has actually been kind. Um, it's I like the idea of being bold with with the three at the back, um, but I don't think a team like ourselves should be being bold. Um, I th- I think Blues out in a wing has actually been surprisingly okay. Um, I don't really have an issue with it, um, but. There's, as I said, there's a, a time and a place to go three at the back and away to the league leaders. I don't think three at the back for Morton, who are near the bottom of the league, I, I don't think that's the time to be bold. I, I wasn't really surprised by the formation because our growth had been a better performance than we've been accustomed to after recent weeks, so I thought he would, McPherson would want some continuity there. But I thought there were some odd choices in that starting eleven, with how well Mark Russell had played against Arbroath. And I know he, he got subbed quite early at Montrose as well, but I'd have thought that Russell would have started again on, on Saturday. And Sorry, Craig. Alan did not have a great game. <laughs> yes, Alan didn't. And, and this is what's kind of strange. Um, the strap, strap left centre-back, I mean, I, I, just, I just don't get it. And it's been so, so, I mean, you might have begun on to it later, but it's just so glaringly obvious he's not a left centre-back. It's so, so problematic. And I don't get, I don't get what Mark Russell's 
needs to do to get in his in his in his squad. I don't know what more he needs to do. I think when um when he gets subbed on maybe last week when he he made the, the huge difference um when he gets subbed on. I there's just I just don't get it. I, I just I honestly don't get it. And I, I think when I'm not saying we need to play him. I don't think I'm not saying he's the most important player on the team. Absolutely not. But I just don't know what else he needs to do to get a place in that team. I agree. With Russell, I'm not sure if there's a bit of a thing with McPherson of he's maybe signed him not exactly knowing how he wants to use him. And that's why it's taken him so long to sort of start getting some meaningful game time. Mm-hmm. But at the point where he's come on and made such a big difference against Labroth in our last league game, you'd have thought that's the point where, right, now you've got a role for, for, for him in that team and you give him a chance. But, yeah, seemingly not. So, to go on to talk about the game, so we'd had two chances at nothing each, but neither really suggested we're carrying any great attacking threat. One was a cross from Allen that, after he ran down the left, that he sliced, <laughs> if we're being honest, and it hit the post. And the other, Cali Thistle gave the ball away quite cheaply on the edge of their own box, giving it straight to Jimmy Knowles, who tried to work the space for a shot and couldn't. Then the ball sort of ricocheted to Gavin Riley, who like Jimmy Knowles, just took too long to take a shot and Cali Thistle managed to scramble it clear. Five minutes later, we were 1-0 down. Bit of a disaster of a goal. So it was our corner. Comes in, out for a goal kick. Richards quickly takes a goal kick with the entire Morton team still completely asleep. You've got Lewis Strapp and Tom Allen both back at the halfway line. Both of them are completely asleep to the fact Billy McKay's making a run. Strap gets caught underneath the ball, makes a mess of the header and sends Mackay clean through. It was an absolute mess of a goal to concede. <laughs> Your thoughts? Yes, totally agree. Um, there, there's, there's so many aspects of that goal that just annoys me. Um, but people kind of call it Halloween. I'm, I'm not convinced. Um, I think he should be doing probably better. There is a lot of hesitation um, with him. But the, I saw somebody saying that he's Hamilton had equally as much to blame as Strap. Ah, it's, it's no, just not chance. It's ah, nonsense, Dunning. It is. But um, yep. The, what I was also going to mention was the defender. The other defender was I think it was McIntyre. Was it that was back or who? Who uh, was it? Was, it was Alan. Alan, right? Okay. So what I was going to say was, should he be behind Strap now? I'm going to say no because on the basis that say the ball went to Allen, then Strap was behind him anyway, so he would have yeah. been ready for it. But that, that, there is, you, you, if you're going up for a head of that, you, you've got to be winning it. I'm afraid if you're if you're not convinced and you're not uh, positive that you're going to get it, don't go for it. But if if you're going to go like that, and you've got to be aware what's around you at that point as well. I I don't know if this has been harsh. I would go as far to say I don't think he had any idea that Mackay was actually running through at the pace and had as much space as he did. And again, we don't know, but I'm almost convinced that he had no idea how much time and space that Mackay had. Yeah, I think everyone can agree that an absolute minimum of 90% of the blame for that goal goes on strap. And personally, I don't think you can blame Jack Hamlin at all. There's absolutely no way he can be coming out to meet Mackay for that. He 
get nowhere near it and just leave himself in no man's land. And yeah, once Mackay's in that position for a shot, there's only so much a goalkeeper can do. So I think Hamilton's blameless. But yeah, what I would say about Allen is, like, yeah, I probably agree with you about, about the positioning initially. But at the point where, so both Strap and Allen have been completely switched off and oblivious to Mackay's run. At the point where Strap's jumping for that header, he's already caught under the ball. I think at that point, they both know that Mackay's there, but sort of lunging for it the way Strap does, like that sort of desperate backpedaling leap mm-hmm. is all he can really do to stop Mackay getting to the ball at that point. And yeah, that's Strap's fault for getting himself in that position in the first place. But as soon as Strap's going up for that header, Allen should be absolutely sprinting back to try and catch Mackay. And he's not, he's sauntering in the completely different direction. So yeah, while, yeah, uh, ultimately it's, it's Strap's error that causes that goal. Yeah, it, the rest of the team are not blameless there because, yeah, Allen needs to be just far more switched on than he is. And it's something with Allen I'm really not seeing a lot in him uh, so far. And look, he's a he's a young player. He's only made sort of five appearances for us. It's very early days. But I'm really not seeing anything to suggest he's ready for this level of football, to be honest. Yeah, Tom Allen's been a strange one since he's came, to be honest. Um, he's clearly got a bit of quality about him. I mean, you can see moments of magic um, that he's got. But the the, the two other loan signings for, for Newcastle and Brentford, I mean, the, the, these guys have been fantastic. I mean, honestly, absolutely fantastic, I think, anyway. Um, but with Allen, I mean, obviously, to be fair to him, it was a decent effort. That he had the one that that Harvey post, um, I, I mean that was decent, but I just you're expecting more. You're expecting me to do more um, than than what he than what he has done. Um, but I also need to say fair dues to 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 the keeper, the the Inverness keeper. I mean that's a fantastic punt, and I I just I think we should be doing more. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think the thing with Alan, it's something I've said quite a bit in the sort of podcast group chat. To the point, you and everybody, but all the other uh, panelists are probably sick of me repeating it. But, um, it reminds me a bit of when we signed Michael Gardine under Jim McInally. It was as if we signed a player just thinking, "Oh, he's an attacking body," not really having an idea how he wants to be be used. So, Alan started five games for us. He made his debut at left wing, then he played him behind the striker, then he played at right wing back, then he played at centre forward, and then he's played at left wing there. It's very hard for a player to adjust to that when you're coming into a struggling team, you're a young player with hardly any first-time experience as it is, and then you're being asked to perform very different roles every time you're on the park. It's asking an awful lot of a player, and it's really making it difficult to to impress in that in that situation. So, uh, moving on from there, um, second half, very early on, we have, once again, a sloppy error from Lewis Strap, um, giving the ball away in a dangerous position. Then, Cali Thistle keep the ball, work it into the box. Billy Mackay cuts it back for Michael Gardine, 
and that's 2-0, game over. Once say again, is it starts with a Lewis Strap error, but he's also not the only one to blame. At the point where Billy McKay's on that ball, there's five Morton players crowding around him. They've all just started ball-watching, rushing towards the ball, with no awareness of what's going on around them. And that's what leaves the space for Gardine. Hi, it, it's a bit of a circus, to be honest. Um, when when you're watching them try to kind of run about and, and stop this ball and frantically try to get to the ball, and it's embarrassing. Honestly, that's the only word I can use. But do you know what annoys me? That's always this is what's the hardest part, and I'm sure we'll get on to uh, the the current state of affairs and stuff. But what annoys me is we're actually creating chances now and maybe the year of of hobby when when we won the creating chances you think I mean they won it we're getting beat because we're not creating chances but see now we are creating chances and these are absolute sitters that we're missing I mean Oliver dearie me I mean I'm sure again you'll get on to it but that you you score a hand you've got I can't mean when it was 79 80 something like that um You've, you've got time to come back and just I, it's the two the two goals and it's harsh to call out exactly that but two goals probably did come from from, from strap errors and I think the issue is there because he's playing at left centre half he's playing as a left centre half I don't think we realise how bad that actually is he's a left back and I, I, I would say a competent left back but maybe not in recent months where he has had issues and um, glaring issues actually but left centre half for Lewis Trapp I mean the sooner that ends the better I would say Yeah, Strap's form is definitely an issue and while I think those mistakes on Saturday happen regardless of what position he's playing I'd also say individual mistakes don't happen in a vacuum it's all well and good to say like a manager can only legislate for so much. If players are going to make mistakes like that, what's he supposed to do? But when mistakes like this are happening from different players, and players who we've seen in the past can be perfectly competent championship players, there's a bigger problem here than just an individual's form. And yeah, Strap's not been good enough. And yeah, I certainly wouldn't be playing him at centre-back. And even with... I mean, I would certainly go, go back to a back four now. I think there's an argument that for Strap's own good, he could do with a couple of games on the bench and we go with Russell at left-back. But, yeah, there's a wider question to be asked when we're conceding daft goals every single week. This is a a systemic problem. It's not about just individuals making errors and a manager can't legislate for that. No, this needs to stop and that falls on the manager. Clyde Eats is a new Inverclyde-based food ordering app launching on the 1st of September, aiming to showcase the finest food on offer in the local area. They feature some of Inverclyde's most popular restaurants, takeaways and desserts. Clyde Eats is available to download from the App Store and Google Play. For more information, visit their website www.clydeats.co.uk or search for at Clyde Eats on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Clyde Eats, take away the local way. Okay, so as you touched on there, yeah, we had one chance later in the game with uh, Reese Lyon having a long range shot saved by Ridgers and the rebound sat for Gary Oliver and he 
somehow managed to head it wide. Uh, but yeah, that was really all we created. It was just a game fizzling out into nothingness and the attack looking toothless again. So with that in mind, it's a conversation we seem to be having on every podcast now. But since we have myself probably the most uh, negative <laughs> person on the podcast and yourself probably the most positive, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Gus McPherson's future for you? <laughs> Legend. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, no, I hear that. These are always the worst times to be a Morton fan. Um, when, when a manager's on a shaky peg, it's horrendous. Twitter, Twitter it's just a horrible place to look. And my view, I, I'm, this is probably no, this is absolutely sitting in the fence. I'm neither here nor there. I, I'm not against... Um, people that are saying they want him out because it's absolutely within reason, I think. Um, but two things, what annoys me is, and I'm open to dispute over this, I don't think, I don't think we're playing, and I use this softly, I don't think we're playing bad. And 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 that is, again, you can, you can correct me if you wish, I'm open to the conversation about it, but we're creating chances we're, we're creating big chances. Again, hypothetical, right? See, see, we score all of our scores and all these people score that we had the chances. You couldn't say that in a Hopkins era because we didn't have them chances. Um, so I'm not against people that say they want them out because two wins in 17 is, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But see, he goes right you now. I understand people get excited when we're looking for a manager. It's exciting. Who are we going to get? Who are we bringing in? X, Y, and Z. It's always exciting. I don't like the idea of somebody losing their job. I've never liked it. I've never seen the the, the excitement of, of being a, a gush-out proud man or a hoppy-out or X, Y, and Z. But you need to consider results and results. As I said, two wins in 17, not good. So say he goes, right? Say we say enough is enough, off he goes. Honestly, who do we bring in? I mean, people talk about, let's put Chris Miller out there, right? The name Chris Miller, that's always synonymous with when, when a Martin job comes up. He's got a part-time job at East Kilbride. Um, he's got a part-time way he's, he's, he's personal training, which I see he's just built a new place for. I don't see him being anywhere near that job. Other names, Jim McAllister, is it Rangers? Probably a dream job for him. Not interested. Honestly, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. In particularly the club that we are, the 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 absolute shambles of a club that we've been over the years. Who in their right mind would take that job? You're looking at somebody young, and even at that, play, players are going to part time football here, there, and everywhere. That's you're probably getting paid more at part time clubs now than you would as a, as a manager of a club. I'm, as I said, I'm not against people, and I understand why people are saying that McPherson has to go because the two wins in 17 is 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 terrible. Um, but we also need to be realistic and, and, and kind of step back from the excitement of a new manager and say, is there a new manager? Because I'm not convinced that there is. Okay, a few different points there. So to start with, I do actually agree with you about the performances that, yeah, I've seen Morton teams that have turned in consistently poorer performances in this however what I would say is see if you're having a wee blip you know if you've gone with three defeats in a row or four games without a win 
see at that point it's okay to cling to oh well the performances are there mm-hmm. we're creating the chances they're going to come see at the point where you're seven games without a win it's not enough anymore it just needs to be points on the board and there's absolutely no sign of that coming so until the wins come I think we're at the point now where the performances are essentially irrelevant in terms of the replacement argument like aye of course it's natural to to ask the question but I've always thought you don't make the judgement on of should a manager stay or go or not by saying who should come in and for what's worth I agree that this absolutely isn't the time for a you know a Chris Miller type this is not the situation you want a first time manager walking into but you judge the manager on the merits of the job they're doing themselves and speaking of that I'm just going to channel Rafa Benitez here and bring out some facts <laughs> so while yes losing away to the league leaders is what you'd expect it's about the context of the whole run we're on so we've taken two points from our last seven games we've failed to score in five of those seven games it's a fact that we never had a run of form this bad under Anton McElhone. We never had a run of form this bad under David Hopkin. We never had a run of form this bad under Jonathan Johansson. We're worse now than we were last season, or in fact at any other time in the last seven years. The last time we had a run of form this bad was under Kenny Shields. So that was obviously the 13-14 season, a season where we were relegated with just 26 points. This season we have six points after nine games. So we're on track to only get 24 points. Another comparison to the 13-14 season is I think a lot of people would consider Kenny Shields to be the worst modern manager they've ever seen. Gus McPherson's McPherson's points per game record is worse than Kenny Shields. (laughs) It's worse than Alan Evans and every other administration era manager. It's the worst record since Willie McLean, who was the manager in the Premier Division in 84-85. He is statistically the worst Morton manager of the last 36 years. Now, aye, the, the season that so far can only be described as a disaster. And yeah, whether people personally think it's time for him to go now or not, I don't think anyone can deny that it's entirely realistic to expect, expect us to do much, much better than this. And it's not unreasonable to call for him to go. Um, aye, I do. I, I, as I said, Dunning, I'm absolutely not disagreeing with anybody that comes out um, and says that the man should go aye. because um, there's there's there is glaring issues. Absolutely, and I always say this, but see, at the end of the season or when you're looking at results, I, I don't think I've really heard anybody at the end of the season say right, we've played thirty five or one twenty or whatever you want to say. Um, all them defeats. How do we play in them games? You're not really interested in that. You're interested. We we lost black X, Y, and Z amount of times. That that is what we're looking at here. You you, you don't get two in seventeen games. I mean, I think it's we've only won twice in in this year. Um, yeah. What I don't like, just to point this out, and and I think I, I tweeted about it. Um, is this um, calling out the person that gave a two year deal now? I, I will say that people that, that did actively say at the time that they should, we shouldn't have offered a two-year deal are totally within their rights to then say, why did we offer a two-year deal? 
what I don't like, and I am one of these people because I actually you know, didn't mind the two-year deal. Um, what what I would say is those sort of people that are calling out the people that made the two-year deal decision, who also at the time believed that it was a good idea, there's just a huge amount of irony in it. And, and aye, I, I yeah, think aye, it's, it's totally hypocrisy to do that. Aye, and that's it, Donnie. And I mean, you, you, you can't... How I felt at the time, it's probably how they felt at the time, where two-year deal, I thought, aye, fair does, it makes sense, you, you're, you're getting a guy plenty of time to do what he wants. Um, now, looking back, we absolutely shouldn't have done it, and I, I'm fine to accept that, but I'm not calling out a person that done it, because I know I would have made the decision exactly as they have, but you and, and Dean, who also didn't like the two-year deal, are totally within the rights to say, but guys that wanted a two-year deal and are calling out the people who made a two-year deal and agreed with them, <laughs> oh, it's just preposterous. Aye, I think there is a serious point to be made around the two-year deal as well and, yeah, people asking questions of MCT about it, of yeah, I think that's a, that is a conversation that needs to be had but it shouldn't be about a witch hunt against anyone in MCT, it shouldn't be a thought of let's get this person away from making a decision ever again it should be a part of a learning process of we've got a new board in place they've made this decision about the football inside of the club when we don't have any football and expertise on the board yet. And yeah, we should be looking to learn from that mistake of why was this decision made? How can we learn from it? How do we get that football and expertise in the club to have a proper decision-making structure that, yeah, maybe stops us rushing in with, yeah, I don't doubt that anyone who was involved in that and making that decision, it was well-meaning, but supposed to be a professional football club here uh, well-meaning volunteers making decisions on the football side of things is probably not the best way to go about it so is brought to you in association with the Inverclyde Boiler Company and the Inverclyde Bathroom Company Shane and his team offer the very best design installation aftercare and customer service and are very proud to serve the Inverclyde community you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or call them on 01475 503304 yeah decisions at a board level I mean it's as I've always said hindsight is the most powerful tool you could possibly have in the world honestly it's the most powerful tool and I think that's what what a lot of people base it on and and, and it's fine and I don't have an issue with it the, the witch hunt for a person who made a decision at the time is I think it's harsh. I, I do think it's harsh. Um, I think questions should absolutely be asked. Not a problem. I don't have an issue with that and say, can, can we hear the, the explanation as to why that was given? But to say, oh, that man needs to be out of a job or he needs to be out of a job. And you're like, why? Because you're, you're making a, a, a decision on the basis of your business. You've... You're you're making, albeit maybe a wrong one now, as I said, on a bit on a benefit of hindsight. But to call for a guy to lose his job over a decision he made, which it's it's not it has potential to have a detrimental impact in the club. It's not now at the point it has a detrimental impact in the club. Then we maybe look at it and say, right, somebody needs the answer to this. But right now, when we're kind of we're there, but we're not quite there. And there's there's major issues, but the, all this is happening. 
until that point to call for somebody to lose their job. I mean, I, I, it's just totally exaggerated, I think. Aye, yeah, I can't disagree with you there. So, uh, next up for Morton, we've got a trip to Palmerston on Saturday and it's a big week with games against uh, Partick on the Tuesday night and then Hamilton at home again on the Saturday. So, uh, looking ahead to Palmerston, what changes would you make to the team? I'm assuming you're not going with the same 11. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no, I think for it back, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the strap at centre-half um, experiment. Um, Big Mac T, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's, uh, I love him, absolutely love him. Lithgow, Lithgow's been strange. See, at the start, I thought Lithgow was going to be such an influence on his team, and he looked brilliant, and he was colossal, and he, he was just magic at the back. I just don't have that anymore with him. Um, but I would still play him. I would still absolutely play him, definitely. Um Right back speaks for the sale. I would say, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, nah. I would say Ledger. I would say Ledger, and it's strange because I always think I think Ledger's one of the best players in the team. Um, but it's strange to even consider that because I, there has maybe been issues with him at right back with the attacking sense, but in terms of kind of calming down a game, he's he's got to be there. Um, he's lying. I, 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 Desperate for his line to get back in again, not not on the bias level that I am, but I, I I'm open to discussion on it. But I think the the games that he played in before, he was good and he, he was very comfortable, and it was reminding me of the GG season when he was just taking the ball and running with the ball and creating stuff and and being an important player. He was doing that, then bizarrely he just kind of fell away and no no get given a chance again. Um, the the strikers. I'm not sure what's what's to happen. Oliver, I love Oliver, and I think we're a better team when Oliver's in the a, a better squad when Oliver's in the team. But I, I just, I don't honestly, Donning, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's not what you want me to hear, but uh, which what you want to hear. But it's just, I honestly don't know what he does because. It just seems whatever decision he makes, it just always goes wrong. Yeah, at this point, with the, especially with the attacking options, I genuinely don't know what to do, what I would do. I mean, yeah, I think it has to be a back four now, and it pretty much does pick itself. I agree with you that Lithgow has lost his way a bit. I would go as far as to call him a bit of a weak link in the defence. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I would definitely be bringing Ledger back into the team and it would be a right back for me. I think the question is, uh, considering that we know Ledger can't really get forward down the right, it's sort of the same issue we had with, with Michael Doyle going back a few years of, you know, if you're asking your fullbacks to be your attacking outlet out wide, then he's not a player who's going to do that, and it's going to undermine him as a competent defender because of it. But I would still go with him at right back. But yeah, like the alternative would be that you you put Darren Hines there. You hope you can trust him defensively. I don't think we can. But yeah, if you're putting Hines at right back, then you put Ledger at centre back instead of Lithgow alongside McIntyre. I do think that, as I said earlier, that Strap could probably do with some time on the bench. But I also think we probably need Russell further up the park as well. I think you definitely have to persist with 
Jacobs and Oxenden as your two holding midfielders, but actually play them as holding midfielders. I don't know where McPherson's got this idea that Jacobs is some sort of box-to-box player from. He never has been. He never will be. He's a holding midfielder. Let him play there. Then, I with not really knowing what to do with the attacking options, I genuinely don't know if you want a more conventional 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1. What, whatever you're doing, Jacobs and Oxenden should have sitting just in front, front of them an actual central midfielder. If you're playing Gary Oliver, Gary Oliver's in behind a striker. He's not a more advanced midfielder. You know, the, the player in with Jacobs and Oxenden has to be either Lyon, Blues or McGratton. For me, it'd be Lyon. But yeah, you can debate that. But yeah, I think this experiment of Oliver sitting deeper has to end. If you want Oliver playing off a striker, then aye, that's fine but you need another body in midfield behind them. Aye, I know. Um, Oliver, I'll die in Ireland that we say that Oliver, we're a better team with Oliver in it. Um, because I do, I just think he just calms everything down and his ball skills are magic. So good in the ball. But, I mean, honestly, what can you do? I'm looking Jacob's I don't think Jacobs has been um, as influential and as important to the club as it once was. Um, I, I just think it's it's been a strange one with him. Uh, he used to be so good, and like genuinely so good. He used to win you games. I mean, that is well, that's not an exaggeration. He used to win you games. Now, not so much. Not so much at all. Um, Oxane and brilliant. Ah, uh, he's, he's he is brilliant, and he I, I think he'll be gone in January, no questions about it. But honestly, see when he goes, oh, I, I think we're if we're struggling now and the struggling continues at that point, and we don't make a signing that can maybe not quite match, but is they far off? I think we're in real real trouble at that point if we don't make yep. any good signings. Yeah, that is the concern that we're actually not particularly unhappy with how the squad is and now we're still sitting in this absolutely horrible run of form. We're in ninth place. You're still expecting that eventually Dunfermline will sack Peter Grant and turn around themselves. And then, yeah, if if Oxaren goes in, goes in January and we don't have an adequate replacement and there we've got even weaker, then where on earth are the points coming from to avoid 10th place in this league? I know. I just I, I just hope that... I'm not convinced by the Fairman. I think the Fairman are going to keep... I know they get their last-minute equaliser and stuff, but I think that was just to kind of soften the blow. Um, I, I'm not convinced they're going to get any better for as long as Peter Grant's there. But subsequently, I just worry that we won't get any better as well. Um. So, uh, Saturday's massive. I honestly, I I didn't. I'm still on the fence just now. Or because Saturday, I'm going to kind of not give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'll I'll acknowledge it was Inverness. And I didn't really expect much, but Queen of South away. If you're wanting any chance of survival, or you're wanting to 
to get in your critics or you're, you're wanting to, to prove yourself, you've got to be winning games like that. Yeah, I think this run of three games coming up, I mean, if it, if we lose that first one at Palmerston, I think that's the point where McPherson has to go and I can see that being the point where a crowd at a game actually turns on him. But yeah, I think over that run of three games, it's an absolute minimum of four points to keep his job. I think even even one win and two defeats, that's that's enough to say that we're not going to pick up enough points while Gus McPherson's manager to survive. Yeah, I think that the the game in I would even say the game in Saturday, this coming Saturday. I don't want to say that. Yeah, you would expect at least a a point. We've got it. We can't. We can't get beat. Is is what I'm trying to say. Um, if we lose that, now again, as I say, this horrible reading the Twitter. I, I honestly hate it. It's it's. it's I, it seems, and I, I've said this for years. I'm certain people actually enjoy Morton Phelan. I've always been convinced by it that there is fans, fans quotation marks, who actually actively enjoy Morton Phelan because it, as I said, it does bring a bit of excitement. Who are we going to bring in? Who's the manager? It's a kind of natural human occurrence that you, you get excited by it. But there is people that, I mean, I know somebody, genuinely I know somebody that, in one of my group chats that said, I'll be going to Partick. He's not been to games, but he's going to Partick because he wants to hound. And I'm like, that's bizarre. I mean, that's a bizarre feeling. And I, listen, I get it. And I know we're in dire straits. And I know... Hounding can be fun, right? I know booing, as you very well know, Dunning, as yes. you have known for years. Um, no, and I understand that, right? And I understand booing and, 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 and jeering and, and, and going against a manager can be fun. But the, there's go, what I, my original point was going to be that Twitter, although it was banned on Saturday, if we lose our Saturday, oh, I'll I'll be terrified and and it will be it will be kind of interesting to see a the reaction and b whether re- that reaction prompts something to follow after that. Yep, shame game incoming. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Titan Spiced Rum is inspired by Clydeside Heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their aged Caribbean rum is infused with Scottish raspberries, a hint of golden syrup, exotic spices and pure Caledonian water. You can now pre-order their second batch, which is available from the 2nd of July. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Titan Spirits LTD. Well, that should about do us for tonight. So, Yubo, thank you very much for joining us. Dunning, always a pleasure. Great to be back. It's got to be said. Great to be back. Yes, you've been dearly missed. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, and thank you all for listening. Well, that's the show, folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at the Morton Forum. Yeah.